This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, a most eclectic mix of conservative shows. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Michael Connolly. Welcome to my show, Our Constitution. And I'm hoping to have a guest on. Uh, we haven't heard yet uh, that the guest has come on, but uh, if she does, we'll immediately go over to the topic that we're going to be talking about with her, and that is Common Core, which, for those of you that don't know, about Common Core is becoming a nightmare in our schools. It is designed not to teach our children basics like math and, and English and, and writing and reading. It's designed to turn our children into good little drones so they will obey the orders of the left and they will hate America. And, it, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a nightmare. And hopefully I'm, I'll be joined in a few minutes by Phyllis Shackley, who is a staunch conservative leader. I have known her for many, many years. And she is a uh, an author, a constitutional lawyer like I am, and a public speaker. And she's the founder of Eagle Forum, which was an, an organization that uh, came up many, many years ago, primarily to fight the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, because she saw the danger of that amendment to... Uh, the American people and the families, and uh, she's been doing this for a long time. But in the meantime, I want to talk to you about something else that I'm very, very concerned about. In fact, I just posted a new article on my blog at www.michaelconnolly.jigsy.com. And basically, on that in that article, I talk about a strategy of defeat. We are facing a grave danger, perhaps the most dangerous terrorist group since Al-Qaeda, perhaps even more dangerous than Al-Qaeda because it's so much larger. We are watching this terrorist organization, which has at least 30,000 fighters on the ground, maybe closer to 50,000 now, and they're recruiting all over the world. Uh, They're getting uh, terrorist uh, people who want to be terrorists, they're coming from the United States, they're coming from Canada, they're coming from Great Britain, from Australia. They're going in to Syria, they're being trained by the ISIS terrorist group, and then in many cases they're being sent back to their home countries to commit acts of terrorism. We know for a fact there are ISIS members who are recruited from this country who have since returned, and supposedly they're being monitored by the FBI. Well, we don't know how good the FBI has been under... Eric Holder's leadership and under Obama's leadership. We don't know how effective that monitoring is. But ISIS is a major terrorist organization. They're taking land in Syria and in Iraq. They are virtually at the gates of Baghdad and keep inching closer and closer. They are about to take a Syrian city that's right on the border with Turkey and we are basically doing nothing. Obama made his usual speech about how he's going to degrade and destroy ISIS. He's going to personally defeat ISIS. Uh, he you know, claims to have personally defeated al-Qaeda. Well, now we know al-Qaeda is still there and growing stronger every minute, and that the president lied about al-Qaeda to us uh, back during the election cycle back in 2012. And he lied about Benghazi. He, you know, he lies about everything. But now American lives are being put at risk. We have already had a beheading 
following the ISIS example, in the United States, a grandmother in Oklahoma was beheaded by a recent, recent convert to Islam. And how is the FBI treating it? How is the Justice Department treating it? How is Obama treating it? Not an act of terrorism. Workplace violence. Remember that from Fort Hood? We had a massacre at Fort Hood. An Islamic jihadist masquerading as a U.S. Army officer started shooting American soldiers, killed 13, wounded 32 others, all the time yelling, God is great, Allah Akbar. We know for a fact that he was in contact with terrorist leaders outside of this country before he launched the attack. We know he was not only in contact with them, but believed in their ideology, was a committed jihadist. Yet the President of the United States and the Pentagon, on his orders, have refused to acknowledge that this was an act of terrorism. They're calling it an act of workplace violence. This is an act that is not workplace violence. It's terrorism. And by mislabeling it, not only is the president attempting to deceive the American people as to the threat posed by the Islamic jihadists, but he's also hurting the soldiers, the brave soldiers who were wounded, and their families. Because if they were wounded in an act of terrorism, that's an act of combat. They are entitled then to receive a Purple Heart for their wounds and additional monetary compensation for their families to help them out. Because some of these, these people are virtually starving to death now. They've been discharged from the military. They're getting no, no pay and benefits. They're, they're suffering. Obama doesn't care. Obama doesn't care about these people. He doesn't care about the, the Americans that have been wounded or killed by Islamic terrorists, just like he doesn't care about the grandmother in Oklahoma, just like he didn't care about the four Americans who were killed in Benghazi. Remember, it took him two weeks to, even, to label that an act of terrorism. And Leon Panetta, in his book that's recently come out, says that everybody, including the president, knew from the get-go that this was an act of terrorism. They knew it had nothing to do with the so-called movie. They knew it was an act of terrorism being committed against Americans in Benghazi, cost the lives of Chris Stevenson, our American ambassador, plus three other brave Americans. The president knew about it, didn't care didn't care to the point where he wasn't even in the White House situation room when all this was happening. We don't know where he was. He obviously turned over to somebody the authority, which he doesn't have a right to turn over, to tell Americans in the security pool there to stand down. These are people that wanted to rush to try to help Chris Stevenson and the others who were fighting for their lives. These were private security guards, all ex-Navy SEALs and Rangers for Delta Force. They were told to stand down by the CIA director on the ground in Libya. We had a Marine detachment that was ready to go. They were told to stand down. We had a four-man security team in Tripoli, an hour away. They were at the airport. They had a C-130 there, fueled and ready to take off. They were told to stand down. 
all of this happened for no apparent reason other than the president wasn't interested. He was more concerned with getting reelected than he was with the lives of Americans. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I see happening right now with this so-called strategy against ISIS. Now, I'm a former military intelligence officer. I was trained to find out everything I could about the enemies of our countries, our country, including their location, capabilities, probable tactics, and their strengths and weaknesses. I would then provide this information to the commanders in the field who determine the strategy and tactics to use to defeat the enemy. Today's military intelligence officers are doing the same thing. The field commanders are doing the same thing, but the commander-in-chief is out to lunch. The commander-in-chief has never had any military experience, has shown in repeated ways his disdain for veterans and members of the military, you remember the latte salute to the Marines that protect him and salute him when he gets off of the presidential helicopter? He couldn't even bother to switch his coffee cup out of his hand, right hand, so he could properly salute, return the Marine salute. So he's shown his disdain for the American military in many, many ways. And now he has decided that he knows enough military strategy and tactics to take personal command of our troops in the air, our airmen who are supposedly attacking ISIS. He determines where we strike and who we strike. Now, it's been 60 days since he started this. And his promise was to degrade and destroy ISIS capabilities. In that 60 days, we have launched less than 400 airstrikes. The majority of those airstrikes have been at night. They have been on vacant buildings. They have been on empty pickup trucks or other empty vehicles. Every effort seems to be being made by this president not to hurt any terrorists. We are not going after the ISIS leadership, like we've been doing with the Taliban, supposedly, launching drone strikes, determining where they are and going after them. We are bombing grain elevators. We are bombing some oil facilities, but not to the point of destruction. And we're doing it when there's nobody around, nobody around. No effective attack is being made on ISIS. No effective assault is being made to try to kill the enemy. An enemy that is slaughtering innocent people throughout the region. Innocent Christians, particularly children, are being beheaded. Any group that opposes ISIS is being wiped out. They're being forced to run from their homes, and if they're captured, they're killed. It's as simple as that. If you're not Muslim enough for ISIS, you're being killed. If you're not a Muslim at all, you're being given basically three options. Stay and pay a convert to radical Islam, or stay where you are and pay a tax to ISIS to help fund their uh, their killing of people, or 
be killed yourself. This is our enemy. This is a brutal enemy that is ready to destroy us. Yet, we're not doing a thing for all intents and purposes. This strategy is not going to work. And the members of the military are coming out and saying it. Back in 1999, there was an air campaign in Kosovo to stop the dictator there who was slaughtering people, mostly Muslims, to stop him from being able to continue with the slaughter. And it was a 78-day campaign by NATO, and there were 11,000 airstrikes launched during that 78 days. Compare that to four, less than 400 launched in the last 60 days. And we'll continue this discussion after the break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. So we are basically launching six airstrikes a day against an army. That's nothing. We should be launching hundreds of airstrikes a day. We should be going after their infrastructure, going after their leadership, and going after their personnel on the ground. But we're doing none of that. ISIS is now closing in, as I said, on the Syrian city of Kobani. The Kurds have been trying to defend the city. 200,000 people have fled the area. ISIS is apparently moving in on it. They've already raised their flag on the outskirts of the city. They're going to slaughter people. There's going to be a massacre. Remember Obama promised us that there would be boots on the ground, but there wouldn't be an American boot, any American boots on the ground. The boots on the ground would be the Turks and the Kurds. 
problem with the Kurds is that they're willing to fight, and they are fighting, but we're not supplying them with any arms or ammunition or heavy weapons, all of which Obama promised them, and he's not doing it. The Turks have basically are sitting right a few miles away from this Syrian city. They have the wherewithal, they have the weaponry to take ISIS on and defend the city effectively. They're not doing it. They have authority to do it from their own uh, prime minister, but the commanders won't go. So those are the boots on the ground that we were promised by Obama. They don't exist. In fact, nothing Obama's promised in the war on terror <clears throat> exists. They said Al Qaeda is stronger than ever, but you know what they don't Al Qaeda? They call start calling it by a different name, claiming it's a new terrorist organization. They will not admit that the president lied to us in 2012 when <clears throat> he said Al Qaeda, Al Qaeda had been defeated and degraded and was on the run and was no longer a threat to the American people. We now know that the threat can exist and continues to exist. In the meantime, and this is what disturbs me greatly also, I'm getting reports, and we know that Obama's been purging the American military of some of our best leaders because they're loyal to the Constitution, they're loyal to their oath of office, they're not loyal necessarily personally to Obama. And like Adolf Hitler, that's what Obama wants. He wants military personally loyal to him. <clears throat> now, I take an oath of office as a member of the military, and all members of the military take an oath, which is very similar to the one Obama took, and that is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Obviously, I still believe in that oath. Obama doesn't believe in it, never believed in it, and has opened our border to illegals coming in at a tremendous rate. He's given amnesty already to thousands of illegals here. He's refusing to allow Border Patrol agents to detain illegals, even if they are members of known gangs, even if they are admit, admit to having murdered people in their own country. They're not being reviewed as, or examined to see if they're carrying diseases. But here is, you know, and all of that is putting Americans at risk. We have children in this country who are catching a disease that's being brought in by the illegal children entering this country. We have children now who were told this disease was not life-threatening. It was just a virus. Now children are being paralyzed, and one child has died. We don't know how many people may be crossing the border from countries where Ebola is rampant. We don't know how many people may be crossing the border who are terrorists or potential terrorists. We don't know what they're bringing with them, what kind of arms or ammunition, what kind of weaponry. We know that there's nuclear material that's been stolen recently in Mexico. They could be used to make a dirty bomb in this country. We know for a fact, and I'll 
Homeland Security is denying this. Interestingly enough, the head of the FBI is basically admitting it. Homeland Security is saying there are not any ISIS, there's not any evidence of anybody with ISIS crossing our border or being across the border, for example, from El Paso. Uh, we're becoming a war as becoming a staging area for terrorism. And they're saying, no, no, that's not true. But then the FBI, the head of the FBI, comes forward and makes a statement saying that a terrorist attack by ISIS in this country is imminent. That means it could happen today. It could be happening right now, or it could be happening tomorrow, or it could happen next week, or next month. He says it's imminent. The president is allowing this wide open border to take place to put Americans at risk. The Ebola patient here in Texas and Dallas died today. And his family is in my prayers. But the fact of the matter is, is why was he here? Having been exposed to Ebola in Liberia, why was he allowed in this country? Why do we don't have an adequate screening process? Again, we have the president saying, oh, well, better. We're going to start screening people. Just like we're going to degrade and destroy ISIS. Just like he's going to protect our borders. Remember Janet Napolitano, Napolitano saying that at one point that our border was the most secure it had ever been? Well, I've talked to people who've been working on the border for years, and it hasn't been secure for years. When the Obama administration has become a complete disaster. And here's something else that Obama's doing. The reports I'm getting are that he is purging not only military officers, but trying to get out of the military a number of enlisted men and women. He wants to get rid of 90,000 American citizens who are currently in the military. He wants them out of the military, and he wants to fill those slots with illegal aliens. Two weeks ago, with very little fanfare, it was announced by the Pentagon that they, for the first time in our history, were going to allow illegal aliens to join our military and be put on a fast track to citizenship. It doesn't matter if they don't speak English. It doesn't matter if they have no loyalty to this country. It doesn't matter for probably if they have a criminal background. All that matters is that they are here illegally and they ultimately will vote Democratic. We have still high unemployment in this country. The figures that are being released by the Labor Department are bogus. We still have millions of people in this country who are unemployed. The reason the unemployment rate keeps going down is because the Labor Department, number one, fudges the numbers. And number two, they don't count the people out there who have given up looking for jobs because they just can't find them. We have 47 million Americans on food stamps. Now we're going to be turning 90,000 Americans, dumping 90,000 American citizens who have taken that oath of office, who have fought for our country. Some of them are still in combat in Afghanistan. 
or against ISIS, and they're getting pink slips from the government saying, okay, you're out. As soon as you finish your tour of duty, you're out of the military. No pension, nothing. You're thrown out of the military, you're on your own, find a job. Well, jobs aren't there. They have a job. They have a job where they wrote the blank check to promise to protect and defend this country at all costs themselves. They have a job, a job they're dedicated to. And now they're about to lose that job to people who have already broken our laws by being here illegally. The President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't want an effective U.S. military that will defend this country. The President of the United States wants a military made up of people who will be loyal to him and do what he tells them to do. And that includes opening fire on American citizens, disarming American citizens. And what other reason would he, would he open it up for? Now, legal immigrants can join the military. And if they do, that gives them a fast track to citizenship. Those are people who have complied with our laws. We have come into this country properly and legally, have not violated the laws, have not crossed the border in secret, have not gone into hiding once they got here, giving them the opportunity to get into our military is fine because the vast majority of them do a very fine job in the military. They came here legally because they love this country they want to live here. They're not lawbreakers. They're not criminals. But that's what the president is about to enroll into our military. 90,000. Think about that. He's going to have to recruit a lot more people to come in from Central and South America. And by the way, I confirmed that as long ago as two years ago that uh, 60% of the people coming in to this country were not Mexicans. They were not from Central American countries. They were what's called OTMs, other than Mexicans. They were from places like Yemen, Somalia, Liberia, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia. We don't know how many of them potential terrorists. We do know that there are cells all around this country, cells of potential terrorists who are just waiting for the opportunity to strike. And Obama's giving them the opportunity to strike. He's allowing more of them to come in. Our borders are not secure. And now we've got 90,000 Americans who are going to lose their jobs so that Obama can get those positions filled with people who are loyal to him, not loyal to our Constitution. It wouldn't surprise me if they don't even have to take the oath. Because they're not loyal to our Constitution, they're not loyal to this country. They are here because they broke our laws. Let's take our second break. 
The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, a most eclectic mix of conservative shows. You know, talking about immigration of this country and illegal immigrants coming across the border and the dangers they pose, uh, as I mentioned, we lost Mr. Duncan here today in Dallas. Uh, He died after basically lying to authorities in Liberia, saying he had not been exposed to anybody with Ebola. He gets here, he's got Ebola. But there are a lot of things that are concerning to me about the inconsistencies of what we're getting reported to us by the news media. Now, the mainstream news media, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, will lie to protect Obama. They will lie to cover up his lies. And they will do this even at the expense of the American people. See, the Constitution guaranteed a free press so that the press could be a watchdog over the government and could tell the American people the truth about what the government was or was not doing. The media we have out there right now, with the possible exception of Fox News and, of course, places like here at America's Web Radio, where we talk about the truth, and there are other conservative talk shows out there and conservative radio networks. But without that exception, there are no major news media organizations that are telling the American people the truth. And I don't think we're getting the truth about the situation with Duncan. Right after he got here and was put in the hospital, and of course, first time he went to the hospital, he was sent home, given some antibiotics and and sent home, and then comes back in an ambulance a couple of days later. But he had only been here a few days. We heard several different stories. First, I, we were hearing that he came here to visit his wife and five children. 
then that story was changed to say that he was here to get married to his fiancée, and they had one child together. But immediately following the announcement that he was had Ebola, it was in the hospital, seven schools were affected. It was reported that children at seven different schools in the Dallas area, not just in Dallas itself, but in Richardson and Plano, had been exposed to this man. What was he doing visiting seven different schools or going to see children that were from seven different schools? It's not like he saw all these children at the same apartment complex where his, his fiance was living because they wouldn't have gone to that many different schools. And most of these were elementary schools. So what's really going on here? Who was this guy? Or were they just, you know, just the media absolutely getting it all wrong? Which is not uncommon for them. But go to my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com and read the new article I've written about a strategy of defeat. You can find out my email address there. You can email me and tell me what else you'd like for me to write about. Um, my previous article uh, had to do with a something that was disturbing to me, and that is that uh, back about 18 months ago, if you'll recall, I broke the story about American veterans losing their, their gun rights and losing their Second and Fifth Amendment rights altogether because of the actions of the VA. And now we found out it's not only the VA involved, but the FBI, Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, all are having making an all-out assault on the veterans. And but right after I wrote this initial article, and you can find it on my blog, it's called "Is Arming America's Heroes." Then somebody, an anonymous poster, posted on Twitchy, which is Michelle Malkin's website and blog. And apparently she doesn't care who posts on there and what they say, whether or not it's true. Uh, she doesn't monitor, I guess. But he posted an all-out attack on what I said. He claimed to be a, foreign, a former VA advocate, veterans advocate. And he said that what I was saying was not true, that veterans were not being denied their constitutional rights. Well, shortly thereafter, this was picked up and posted on the American Legion website. Some of the veterans we're working with are members of the American Legion. I am a past commander of an American Legion post in Carrollton, Texas. I served two terms as their commander. I'm a lifetime member of the American Legion. The person who posted this and put in his own comments about how basically I was a liar, that the VA is, is, is taking care of our, our veterans, and that uh, they're not being denied their gun rights, they're not being put on the next list, that they had, are not being put, uh, declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs with no due process, they're not being declared to be mentally ill to the point of being in danger themselves or others without any adjudication process or any process other than any bureaucrat can do that. He denied all of this, never contacted me. Never talked to me about what I was, whether I, what I was saying was accurate. Never talked to any of the veterans that we're representing. 
certainly never talked to the whistleblowers inside the VA who have been giving me a lot of this information. And certainly never saw the documents that we have. The VA letter is clear. It starts off by saying, because of information we have received, we are considering declaring you incompetent to handle your own financial affairs because of your physical or mental disability. Now, what does that mean? Well, it turns out it means physical disability, physical disabilities could be a loss of an arm or leg in combat. Mental disabilities, according to the VA, can be minor PTSD, depression over loss of a buddy in combat, depression over the loss of a loved one, even just telling your doctor or somebody at the VA, maybe 10 years ago, you know, I'm feeling a little bit down today. Doesn't matter if you're ever treated. Doesn't matter if you're ever diagnosed. That's enough. Veterans are being declared incompetent if they allow their spouses to pay the family bills. We've also, and I've seen this in writing from the VA, veterans are being declared incompetent if they have the money to pay their bills taken automatically out of the checking account every month. In other words, automatic payment through the bank, which is convenient, is easy. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're doing it according to the federal government, you're incompetent. You're mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourselves or others. That's what they're saying about the veterans. They're telling the veterans that you're mentally ill, you cannot own a firearm. Because that's what else the letter goes on to say. It tells the veterans that once you have been declared incompetent, you can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition. If you do, you're committing a felony, and you can go to jail. That's a heck of a thing to be telling our veterans. That's a heck of a way to be thanking them for their, their service to the country. Why is this being done? Well, it's clear. There are 21 million of us in this country. And when I say us, I'm talking about veterans. People who took that oath of office to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. There are 21 to 23 million of us. We are trained to fight for our country. Many of us are armed. So what does any emerging dictator, somebody that wants to take over the United States and turn us from a constitutional republic into a socialist paradise or a communist paradise or whatever type of fascism they want to put on us or dictatorship, what do they have to do? Well, the first thing is to disarm the population, beginning with the veterans. That's what Adolf Hitler did when he became Chancellor of Germany. And remember, he was elected Chancellor. He wasn't appointed Chancellor of Germany. He was elected by the German people. And that's when their nightmare started. But the first thing of Hitler did was to speed up and totally nationalized the health care system. The feeling was, if I could control access to health care, I could control the population. 
The second thing he did was start disarming the German people, beginning with the veterans. You see, these German soldiers were veterans of World War One. They had taken the same similar or similar oath of office to their country and their constitution that I've taken, and the veterans in this country have taken. They had to be disarmed, and they were disarmed. And how were they disarmed? Many of them were declared mentally ill. That way there had to be no adjudication process, and Hitler also used this against all of his political opponents. They weren't necessarily arrested in the middle of the night by the Gestapo and then taken to a court where they were arraigned and they had a trial coming up. They were picked up in the middle of the night, taken to a mental institution where psychologists and psychiatrists who believed in what Hitler was doing <laughs> excuse me, would declare them mentally ill and put them in an institution. No due pro- no semblance of due process. Nothing legal being done. Just basically telling people that, you know what, you can't disagree with what Adolf Hitler is doing, or if you do, we're going to declare you mentally ill. That is what is happening to our veterans right now in this country. The law says for you to be put on the next list, the instant National Instant Criminal Background List, you have declared mental, adjudicated to be mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. There's no adjudication process here. What does adjudication mean? It means that you're supposed to have a hearing. A due process hearing before a judge or magistrate or at least an administrative judge or committee. You're supposed to have that hearing where they have to present evidence proving that you are mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. The burden of proof is on them, not in the VA system, not anymore. Number one, the Attorney General decided that adjudication meant that any federal bureaucrat, anybody who works for the federal government, even as an outside contractor, can declare a veteran mentally ill and declare them incompetent. In the case of the letter from the VA, the veteran is given 60 days to prove they are competent. That violates the due process clause of the Fifth Amendment. It's not up to the veterans to have to prove they are competent. It's up to the government to prove they are incompetent and or mentally ill. And being incompetent to handle your own financial affairs does not automatically make you mentally ill, except in this administration. So there's no due process, there's no adjudication here, and let's take our final break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Denise Simon. 18 hours a day, I live in a world as an intelligence analyst. What I find is reprehensible, what I find is terrifying, what I find is treasonous. 
The mainstream media has completely failed the American people. So join me for the Denise Simon Experience every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. So we have our veterans being hammered by the Veterans Administration. And by the way, the 60 days I talked about that they're getting from the VA, well, now Department of Defense is hiring outside individual contractors to declare veterans incompetent. And they're sending a letter to the veteran basically saying the same thing the VA veterans or letter said. And they're telling the veterans, you've got five days to respond. And all this response has to be at their expense. All of this is on the veteran. Our wounded warriors don't need this. Our retired warriors don't need this. They don't deserve this. They deserve a lot better. We have filed a lawsuit against the VA because they refused to respond to our Freedom of Information Act request. We want to know more information about what they're doing, what authority they're using. They refused to respond. We filed a lawsuit. We won. We got some information from them. But now with everything else going on, we filed four more Freedom of Information Act requests, one against the VA, wanting to know who these independent contractors are that we've determined they're using, they're, they're still using the same letter, but they're using independent contractors. These are people that are work, work mostly from home, are ill-trained, and virtually unsupervised. The veteran never knows who they are. They never talk to the veteran. They just get a file and are told to declare this person incompetent. The VA has not responded to us. We filed Freedom of Information Act requests against the FBI, wanting to know Number one, by what authority are they putting people on the next list just because they've been declared incompetent by the VA to handle their own financial affairs? And number two, why is it that when veterans win their appeal, which is very rare, and have the incompetency ruling reversed, why the FBI refuses to even talk to them about coming off the next list and keeps them on there so they can't legally purchase a firearm in this country? Then we filed request with the Department of Homeland Security wanting to know who these outside contractors are that they're hiring and why they're only giving veterans five days to respond to it. We suspect that a lot of these outside contractors are being hired and then given the, they're the ones that are getting their people appointed to be fiduciaries for the veterans that are declared incompetent. Why? Because they person who's appointed fiduciary gets 5% of all the veterans' benefits every month. You have a couple of hundred thousand veterans out there who have been declared incompetent. 5% of their income is a lot of money going to a company or an individual. 
We also asked the Department of Homeland Security with Freedom of Information Act request, what the heck are you doing declaring that veterans are potential terrorists, putting them on the top of the potential domestic terrorist list simply because they are veterans? Well, we're not getting a response from anybody. So we're going to have to file suits. And that's where we need your help. First of all, if you're a veteran, anything like this is happening to you, please contact me at michael at usjfmail. That's usjf, United States Justice Foundation, usjfmail, M-A-I-L dot net. Contact me. We will represent you for free. We are not charging the veterans or their families anything for doing this work for them. We have no intention of charging them. They don't need that kind of burden. So we need your help raising the funds for this lawsuit, these lawsuits. Because we're looking at four or another potential lawsuit against all four federal agencies now, plus another hard lawsuit on top of that asking for injunctive relief to try to stop this. Now, to show that I'm not making this up, and to show that the American Legion, unfortunately, is very wrong by telling veterans that it is made up, right after I broke the story, Senator Richard Barr of North Carolina authored legislation to try to stop this. It was called the Veterans Second Amendment Protection Act. This was in the United States Senate. This was the second attempt they had made to stop this. Both attempts were defeated by the Obama administration and the Democrats and the in the Senate, because Obama didn't want the veterans to be protected. This is the way the game is being played. And the game is playing out to the point where veterans are being denied their rights, and we at the United States Justice Foundation are also fighting right now against new federal regulations being proposed. And these are regulations. These are not bills in Congress. Presidents decided Congress is irrelevant. The Supreme Court is irrelevant. He's decided that he is a dictator and he can do whatever he wants. And he said his agency's coming out. And instead of legislation being introduced by car in Congress to be voted on by the representatives of the American people, the American people are going to be regulated by new regulations put in place by, for example, the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Health and Human Services, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. BATF and HHS are proposing regulations, which we are fighting, that basically change the definition of mental illness to include virtually every person in this country. If you've ever taken certain types of medication, if you've ever been involved in litigation, like family court, where... Uh, all the family members are routinely uh, told they have to take a, submit to psychological evaluation. That, under the new definitions, will make you mentally ill, and you will be put on the next list and not allowed to purchase their own firearms. HIPAA is a law that protects our privacy of our medical records. HIPAA law has been is being ignored by the Obama administration. Obama's already issued an executive order saying that it's irrelevant that HIPAA no longer protects you if you have were with the VA and you've been declared incompetent in handling your own financial affairs, your information will be turned over to the FBI to be put on the next list. But there's also 
proposed or done by executive order, and HHS is following up, saying that all Americans' information can be turned over. If you ever, in your lifetime, told anybody in the medical community that you were depressed, that information will go to the FBI. If you've ever taken medication for ADD or ADHD or PTSD or even been diagnosed with PTSD, then that information will go to the FBI. All of this is coming at us fast and furious. And by the way, we do have a federal court order that all documents are of Operation Fast and Furious to be turned over under the Freedom of Information Act request. The President of the United States is telling the federal court to drop dead. We don't think they're going to turn anything over. Or everything is going to disappear. There's going to be a computer crash, or the President's dog is going to eat the information, or something else is going to happen to protect the liar-in-chief and a particular holder. And this is something that, that concerns me greatly, and we talked about this briefly last, last week, and that is the apparent pressure being put on Ginsburg to resign from the Supreme Court so that Obama can appoint on Eric Holder. Because can, depending on the makeup of the Senate after this election in November, he may not have the votes to appoint Eric Holder to the Supreme Court. So he wants to do it before the election in order to have the votes, or at least do it during the lame duck session. Haven't seen this come to fruition yet, but it's something to be nervous about. And I certainly am very nervous about it. Okay, this just came up on my screen, ladies and gentlemen. We uh, talked earlier today about Ebola and the fact that uh, we had a death here in Dallas. A second person now has been rushed to the hospital. Someone who came in contact with Duncan is now being put in a Dallas area hospital, a hospital showing symptoms of Ebola. We've been assured that they were going to contain this. It doesn't look like they're containing anything. Well, by the by the way, to uh, just to show you how crazy it is in the, in the schools in this country, particularly in the colleges and universities, there's a series of interviews conducted with students at Harvard University, one of the most liberal American universities. The students there think that the United States is a bigger threat to the world than ISIS is. Good job, President Obama. Good job, left-wing professors. You're brainwashing our students. And hopefully before tomorrow, I'll have Phyllis Shafley on to talk about how that's being done now at the high school, middle school, and elementary school level. Remember, contact us at usjf.net. Help support our fight to defend the Constitution. Go to my blog. You can go to usjf.net and look on the uh, about Michael Connolly, Executive Director section, and you can find out the link to my blog there. 
would encourage people to listen to the show. Go to my blog at michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. Read my blog. Read about the books I have to, to offer. The Mortarman, the story about my dad's in World War II, is still selling very well. And Amigaly, A Story of America, my patriotic novel, is still selling very well. Look at the books. Look at the books on the Constitution. And I will look forward to being with you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.